Welcome to Pop Culture Rx, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's award-winning podcast. Pop Culture Rx is where we sit down with a medical expert and talk through various health-related topics circulating in today's media. In our discussions, you'll hear from a variety of professionals sharing insight and advice on these newsworthy conditions. This is Pop Culture Rx. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Rx, where we sit down with a medical expert and talk about things going on in today's media. This is another special edition of Pop Culture Rx, as we've been kind of in flux with the whole COVID-19 and pandemic. So today, we are going to be talking about dementia. And what really came to us for this topic was the matriarch of the Pearson clan, Um, from the hit show, This Is Us. She discovered she was in the early stages of Alzheimer's disease when she went to the doctor to get results from her MRI and found out that she had Alzheimer's. Um, Rebecca Pearson, who's played by Mandy Moore, her health has been a major storyline this season in This Is Us. And back in February, the viewers began to see answers. And when her doctor said that her mild cognitive impairment was likely due to Alzheimer's, it all kind of hit home. In the real world outside of the show, developing Alzheimer's or another form of dementia might seem inevitable. And according to the Alzheimer's Association, more than 5 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's. Today I'm here with Christy Soriano, a speech pathologist over at JFK Johnson Rehabilitation Center. And before we jump into dementia and Alzheimer's and memory, how did you get involved in dementia? You're a speech pathologist. As speech pathologists, we evaluate speech, meaning just talking. We evaluate language and we evaluate cognition. So dementia falls under the area of cognition and we have been seeing more patients who come to our doors with a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment. And sometimes this diagnosis comes from a neurologist. Sometimes the patients have been seen by a neuropsychologist. And what happens when a person sees a neurologist or a neuropsychologist, they get a diagnosis. It then falls on the speech language pathologist to figure out what can we do to help. You know, you are in fairly good shape. You're you're walking in, you're forgetting things, and the storyline with Rebecca Pearson on This Is Us was so well played. I mean, it is exactly what you see in these patients. They start to develop some memory loss and We love to see the patients when they're at those early stages so that we can talk to the person about what are your interests, what are you finding problems with, and develop a treatment plan because that's what we do as speech pathologists. We have a diagnosis and we try to get people to maintain their skill set or get better. You mentioned, you know, cognitive impair. So what does that actually mean? Because they're talking about dementia and then there's also Alzheimer's. What, how does each one play a role? It does get confusing because uh, dementia is the umbrella term for a number of different diagnoses. 
Alzheimer's dementia accounts for 60 to 80% of the dementia cases. That's the dementia that most people are familiar with. Um, It used to be that people thought Alzheimer's dementia meant it was a dementia that you started to see signs of in your 40s and 50s. That's no longer the how the Alzheimer's dementia is showing itself up. Um, there's a couple of different dementias that people may or may not have heard of. There's Alzheimer's dementia, which is what most people have. Yeah. Um, with Rebecca Pearson, she was diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment. Mm-hmm. Mild cognitive impairment may or may not lead to Alzheimer's dementia. Okay. Um, So when a person gets a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment, we're just seeing how it goes. There's no point in saying, I am going to have full-fledged dementia and all of the issues that come along with that. You sort of have to wait and see how things go. What we know is that you have to work with what your strengths are and take it from there. Um, There's another type of dementia that we've been hearing more about lately, which is frontotemporal dementia. Okay. And the frontotemporal dementia is very different than the Alzheimer's dementia. With the, what we call FTD, you're seeing more of more immediate emotional outbursts. People may have difficulty with balance. You know, someone might be, the first sign of it might be something like you're at the airport. The baggage is going around the turnstile. And I know someone who their husband couldn't figure out how to get the suitcase off the turnstile. And so it was motor planning. It was you needed there's a lot of steps in doing that simple task. I was going to say, that's not that's not an easy task. Not an easy task, but something that when you're 55, you've done 100 times and you can do. So that showed that, you know, we call it executive function, having those steps. So to get back to the Alzheimer's dementia is a type of dementia. Dementia is just the umbrella term for Alzheimer's, frontotemporal dementia, Lewy body dementia, and yeah. mild cognitive impairment is falling under that umbrella. Yeah, I actually was, I have written down here how Lewy body dementia, that Robin Williams actually had that. Mm. So, and that was something I'd never heard of yeah. before. You always hear of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and you exactly. always hear dementia as your umbrella term, but you never hear of other forms. Exactly, exactly. So, what about risk factors? Are these hereditary? You know, should someone whose grandma or grandpa who has dementia of any form be worried that, you know, they could too have dementia when they grow up? When you talk about risk factors, there are some things that we have control over and there are some things that we don't. We can't control our age. We can't control our genetics. But what we can control is things like our diet, smoking, exercise. Um, And those are the risk factors that we have some control over. Smoking, aside from lung cancer, has other impacts on your... So many. 
the more and more I speak to different people, it's it's like every risk factor leads back to smoking. Yes. So um, if you have a family member who has dementia, it's just something you keep in the back of your head like anything else. But, you know, who doesn't have a family member who has diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol? And those things we try to do something about. So you can't control the age and genetics. But interesting, interestingly, much more information is coming out about women being at the epicenter of the dementia. Oh, geez. They're seeing that two-thirds of the cases, so an extra third. So again, getting back to this is us, you know, Rebecca is a woman. So mm-hmm. and and I can say that in my own practice, it is what I'm seeing as well. Well, I just feel like we as women have so much going on in our heads. I mean, I'm super forgetful. Mm-hmm. And I always tout it to there's so much going on inside my head that nothing else can fit in there. Mm-hmm. So that's why you forgot to schedule your doctor's appointment today because you just had too much going on in your brain and nothing else could fit in. Right. Right. So it's almost like as we get older, it's like your brain said enough and I need to take a break. (laughs) So that's where we talk about normal memory loss. You know, so everybody, everyone is having that issue. I have been forgetting my cell phone on my desk. Now, if I really focus on remember your cell phone, remember your cell phone, remember your cell phone. And it has such major negative implications because what happens is I've walked out of my office, I'm in my car, I'm halfway home, I decide to call my mom. Yeah. And there is no, (laughs) there's no phone. Yeah. I have to turn around, go back to work, get out of the car, put my mask on, get in. So you would think that it would not happen again in that week. It, It just, because the cell phone needs to be charged and I have it charging and I forget to take it out. So that's normal memory loss. But what we saw with Rebecca was when it's really a problem. When you start to forget real things like your mom's birthday right right and you know the holiday that you're currently celebrating and real things that you probably in the back of your mind don't need to remember because it's second nature exactly exactly and it's um when and again on the on the show they did a really nice job of a gradual onset Mm-hmm. You know, it started with she forgot how to make something that she normally would make. So, you know, it, say, like macaroni and cheese and forgot yeah. the ingredients. Um, in the last episode, it was very clear that she portrayed so many of the the warning signs. So if, if you remember, she um, went to her son's new house mm-hmm. and... So if you're in a new house and you're over 55, you probably don't want to offer to go find a food store in the area. (laughs) Like that is not a good idea. 
And I think that the thing that was so, there were a million things that were so realistic to me in that show. It was the not being able to figure out how to get out of the problem. Yes, the frustration. And exactly. So as as I just talked about the cell phone. Mm-hmm. So you realize you've forgotten the cell phone. Your options are go home without the cell phone or go back and get the cell phone. It's a very easy solution. Mm-hmm. Rebecca couldn't come up with a solution. Yeah. She forgot her cell phone at the register. You know, she then had no way to communicate with her family. And so most of us at that point would enlist the help of the first stranger you saw and not try to figure it out yourself. And then she didn't have the skill to figure it out herself. That's where the problem really showed up. So you mentioned the tall tale signs. What are some of those? So forgetfulness, obviously. So forgetfulness is is a key factor. Problem solving. That what we talked about yes. with okay, I forgot my cell phone. What do I do? Again, most of us can solve those kind of problems. Um, confusion with with time or place. So you get somewhere and you forget why you're there. Um, again, different than walking into the kitchen and saying, why did I come here? I was going to say, I do this <laughs> all the time. It's, it's more like you really have no idea why you're there. A lot of people, you know, will have difficulty with like visual, spatial um, things like parking a car. I mean, pulling too close to another car like you one of the signs might be increased car accidents um, is a sign poor judgment and I think that what we saw again in in this is us was a withdrawal from social situations so I think um, again many of the patients recognize that they're having problems and they're no longer getting the joy out of the things that used to be joyful. Yeah. So they kind of pull away. I think with COVID and with people needing to isolate, I can tell you honestly, we've seen an increase in our referrals for patients with cognitive problems. Because if you're socially isolated, and you keep being socially isolated, you start to forget how to be with people. We are bringing our outpatients back into our program. Obviously, we're social distancing, following all the PPE requirements. We have been having a lot of our patients back since June. Everything is going well. So I think that um, we all need to start judging how important the total isolation is versus what's starting to happen from a cognitive standpoint for the elderly. Yeah. So what could we do to kind of help us, especially during this time of of isolation and, you know, staying at home orders and now with, you know, 
numbers rising and things like that. There's definitely another chance of having to stay home for longer periods of time. What are some things that we can do to kind of combat that? Last night, we had our first big social interaction, which was sitting in my friend's yard with the chairs six feet apart. So there were four of us with our six feet apart chairs bringing our own food and drinks. And that was the only level of comfort that people could feel. But what happened then was it was so enjoyable Mm -hmm. that what started out as, okay, we're going to get together for half an hour and then go back home became a three-hour extravaganza. So I think that people have to start weighing out the known risks Mm -hmm. and following the guidelines, but not stay so isolated. Yeah. And what about things like, because it's raining out today, so obviously you couldn't, you know, sit outside in someone's yard and feel comfortable and safe. And, you know, what about some things that we can do on our own? I mean, I've heard crossword puzzles and things like that really take your mind to kind of figure out. So Kylie, you bring up an excellent point. And that is, you know, we talked about what are the risk factors. Mm But now maybe we want to talk about what can you do to keep your brain active. So instead of going in the negative, okay, I'm 65 and my mother had Alzheimer's and what's going to happen? So there's something called the Healthy Brain Initiative 2020. And it talks about building your cognitive reserve. So you know how you have a bank account and you want to have money in there for an emergency. So we're saying at any point in your life, you want to start building your brain power Mm -hmm. so that if you were to, for genetic reasons or medical reasons, start to develop some cognitive issues, you have some stuff to fall back on. So I think everyone is used to being in school, and studying. Um, And then I think you get to a point in your life where you say, I'm not going to read anymore. I'm not going (laughs) to like memorize information, but you really have to, you, you have to keep, you have to keep pushing your brain doing things. I hate crossword puzzles. So for me to do a crossword puzzle is building cognitive reserve. I hate The clues make no sense to me, but so it talks about doing things that you don't really enjoy doing because it's almost like you have to make that extra wrinkle. Um, There's all kind, you know, studies are showing the video games are good. Um, Of course, hand-eye coordination. (laughs) Exactly. There's all kinds of um, brain fitness exercises that you can do on the computer that are great. When we're not in COVID, keeping a social group, you know, whether it be a card club, a book club, or something where you are going and talking to people about something that you've kind of prepared for. One of the things that we actually do with our patients is kind of a book club where it's, if you're someone who likes to read, you read you read, then we talk about what you read, you write down the things that you read. So reading 
is great and doing any kind of word puzzles and things like that are terrific. And actually, over the 4th of July weekend, I spent time with family and little ones. And the big game of the weekend was this memory card game. And he laid out, like, it felt like a million cards Mm -hmm. from PJ Mask for all of those fans of PJ Mask out there. And he just knew where every single one was. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how can you... Remember that it was like the fourth square to the right and all these different things. And he beat me, man. (laughs) He is four years old and he beat me bad. (laughs) So I'm assuming that games like that. Absolutely. That really, you know, take some thought power. Absolutely. You think of the brain like exercise any other part of your body, just really pushing yourself. I mean taking courses at a community college. I, you know, it's hard to say that, but of course now everything is online, so <laughs> you can do things like that. But but just exercising your brain is a great way to build your cognitive reserve. Yeah, and maybe learning something new, doing yes. something for the first exactly. time. Exactly. When was the last time any of us have done something for the first time? Exactly. You know, they talk about um, like, parking your car for work, Mm -hmm. you know, that really like a simple brain exercise is park in a different place every day. So now you are forced to remember where did I park, (laughs) you know? Which is something that happens to me every day. I park (laughs) in a parking garage that is, I I live super close to the beach. Mm -hmm. And so the parking garage also is a parking garage for beach people, beach goers. So every time I get into the garage, it's a different spot. And mm-hmm. I, I stand there for, it has to be a couple minutes thinking, all right, am I on the third floor? Am I on the fourth floor? What, where did I park? Am I closer to this side or that side? Like, it's just constant. If you can, make that your cognitive activity where you say, okay, I'm not going to, you know, obviously you want to do it on a day that like if it takes a couple of extra minutes, <laughs> you're okay, you know. But I think that that's where... Even like the cell phones that everyone has now, I know that if I'm in a situation like that with a parking garage, I'm putting it in the cell phone. So I'm not pushing my brain to remember. Um, You know, I'm just throwing it in there. And then when I get to the parking lot, I'm doing it. So it's good exercise just to try to remember. That's how we can help ourselves. But what are some ways that we could help others so you know if my grandmother develops dementia or my mother or my father or really anyone in my life is there a way that I can help them get through this so um again with um with the elderly particularly and at at this time um it's just being sure to connect with them and if you're able to be with people to play games like Scrabble and things that they might be interested in, cards, like all of those things to kind of keep them sharp. So if you have anyone out there that is looking for some brain power, I'm sure they're up for a game of Scrabble. There you go. Well, that's all I have. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add? So when people are starting to see these signs and it it gets to a point that it's concerning it's important that you mention it to your regular doctor who then would pass you on to the next the next level step. of yeah the le- next level of care i know that um again my take home message is be aware of the people around you so that you can help them to know that they might be having a problem and 
We have a great program for early memory loss patients at the hospital, and we're seeing really great results with our patients who have some mild or moderate problems making an impact on the quality of their life. Well, that's great. I learned a lot today. Thanks so much for being with us. You're so welcome. If you have a topic you'd like for us to cover, submit your ideas on hmh4u.org backslash podcast. Your suggestion could be included in the You Asked For It special episodes. That's all for today. Until next Wednesday, thanks for listening. The material provided through this Help You podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.